Jess, and this is my podcast. I spend countless hours a day thinking or talking to myself, so I figured, why not hit record? Join me every Thursday in the new year as we talk about life endeavors, our hopes and dreams, and past experiences. I have a lot to say, so buckle up. In a world of unknown, I want to share just a little bit about myself and my experiences to help others feel a little more, well, normal. We're all a little lost, but hey, we don't have to be perfect. No one is. We're all just trying to get by. All right, you ready? All right. Okay. So first, let's do our... We'll each do three things we're grateful for. I can start. I am grateful for the homemade almond milk I've been making. It's very good. I get my almonds from Costco, and so I can make like six. I have six cups of almonds from one bag, so six batches of almond milk, and each batch makes, I don't know, a quart? How how big are those syrup jars you guys gave me? Because that's what I've been using as my milk jug. Yeah, I would say that's a quart. Yeah. So I'm grateful to have that availability to do. Okay, you go. Oh, I'm supposed to go. Yeah, we'll alternate. Okay. (laughs) I am grateful to be alive. Yeah, that's a big one for you. Yeah, we'll learn more about that later. Perfect. I am grateful that the sun is out today, even though it's zero degrees. It looks nice. (laughs) I texted Corey earlier and asked him if zero degrees was too cold to take the dogs for a walk. And he said, yeah, so we just have to enjoy it from the inside. I just can't walk so far. Yeah, I think I might take him for a shorter one later today after my meetings. Put Lenny's coat on. It's supposed to get colder as the day goes on. Really? I thought it was supposed to be warm. Well, now it's up to three degrees. Looks like 2 p.m. is going to be the warm. But can't go then. All right. I am also grateful for my awesome, lovely wife, who's been taking care of me since my accident, and my gracious family. Also, you, Jessica, for putting in your time up here to. Yeah, happy to. And I am grateful that you are here and alive as well. (laughs) (laughs) I am also grateful for my massage therapist, my chiropractor, and my therapy person. They are getting me all straightened out. Good. All right. So let's start from the beginning, which doesn't include some of the things we were grateful for today. (laughs) So your health journey began with a scare way back when. How many years ago? Do you remember when that was? Um, I believe when I was 40. Turned 40, 41, I think. So almost 15 years ago? Yeah. Wow, it doesn't seem that long ago. No, it doesn't. 
Okay, so tell the listeners what happened back then and how that sparked your health and fitness journey. Um, I was getting these headaches all the time. Popping aspirins and Kim's like, you can't be doing that all the time. We got something, we got to do something. We got to get checked. So we went in and blood pressure was super high. They would not let me leave because it was stroke level. I couldn't believe I didn't have a stroke because my numbers, usually a normal number is 120 over 80. And mine was 220 over 190 or something like that. So they got that down. I was in the hospital for two days, I believe. Got that down, and it started from there. What did they What did they do to get your blood pressure down? Uh, four different meds I was on, actually, at the time when I left the hospital. Uh, man, I couldn't even name them all. And when you were at the hospital, what were you feeling like? Did you just have the headaches again, or did it was it getting worse? Well, or I mean, when I took the aspirin, usually the headaches went away, but then they, you know, they come back the next day or whatever. But when I was in the hospital, I guess once once I was there, I didn't really have much for headaches or anything. Oh, you know me, Mr. Non-Excitement here. I'm just laying there and they can't believe that there's nothing wrong because I don't get excited about too much. So I'm just sitting there. Most people would be going crazy and take that in, whatever. So That's probably good. That's probably why you didn't have a stroke. That's (laughs) possible too. Your energy levels are lower. So it took two days to get it back into normal range? Yeah. And you had to stay in the hospital both days? Yeah. And then then the diet had to change. Well, at least that's what they tell you. Diet's got to change, so. Yeah, so what, what were the guidelines that they told you diet wise of things you should start taking out, things you should start incorporating. What did that look like? Well, the first thing is salt. Don't add salt to anything, limit your salt. But finding out now lately, (laughs) that's probably not really the issue at all, salt isn't, because you need the salt. All the sugar and the processed foods. Yeah, because I I lost 17 pounds within the last, man, I don't know, it didn't take too long because I was worried about it. I was eating really good and, I don't know, felt pretty good, I guess, too. So, I'm assuming you started that for, like, the sake of you just had a life-threatening event happen but then what was your ultimate goal later on because it it definitely increased the more you ate healthy the more you started researching that stuff 
what became your goal then? Was it just that you were feeling better or didn't you, how many pills were you taking? Didn't you want to like limit your pills or something? Yes, I had a a really great doctor that worked with me. And I had told her, I said, I want to get off these pills for as little as possible. So she did. She worked with me and blood tested and just kept track of stuff I did and what I ate. And I am down to one pill now, and it's not much of a pill to even do too much. So it's been a long journey, but it's been a very important and good one. How many pills did you start out, start out with? Four. And what, what was it? You always get a water pill because that's supposed to flush your kidneys out because most of the pills you take for blood pressure is, can be a kidney thing or something. So that's why most people are on a water pill just to flush their kidneys out, get all grabbed. Hmm. What was the the main thing she wanted to focus on in the beginning? Was it your diet or was it diet and exercise or was it like specific? I was food? never really too much out of shape because I was always doing something. It was more so my diet, I guess. Diet and limiting salt. It reaches salt. A big factor. How did you eliminate salt? Did you like read the? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you just stop seasoning things with salt, or did you start reading things and there was a a certain number that this was too much salt in this specific food? Yeah, it was. I didn't add salt to anything, and once you're taste buds change I think you don't need all that salt for the taste because that really brings it brings flavor out and everything so but it was more so just eating vegetables and and meats and not you know I didn't bread was the big thing I didn't eat any I wouldn't even eat croutons in a freaking salad it was just I was to that point that I wasn't gonna eat that so right not push it yep so you lost, you said you lost like 17 pounds right in the beginning. Was that like all water weight or was that muscle mass or? Boy, that I couldn't tell you. I don't, I don't think it was water weight. I think it was just, <sighs> could have hardly been too much muscle because I was still doing the same stuff I was doing before. I mean, I started doing more like a year later or so, but so it just had to be, I'm assuming fat more so than anything. Yeah, good nutrition. Yeah. Okay, so then let's talk about when you started to incorporate more exercising and specifically running, right? Running was the first sort yeah. of thing you incorporated. Well, if anybody knows me, I'm a, I'm a pretty big bow hunter. And uh, that was where it all started. I started following Cameron Haynes, and he is a huge bow hunter, professional bow hunter, I guess you want to call him even. But he also did uh, 
ultra marathons. Did 100 mile races, 200 mile races, and just I followed him every day, and because he ran every day, and I don't know something I guess I didn't do before really. You know, I played all my sports: basketball, football, baseball. But running wasn't one of them. But I don't know. I just started running, and it, it took a while. You know that to run a mile the first time was <laughs> that was something. But just slowly kept going and got the mile two. And then uh, I think I was going elk hunting with my brother-in-law Randy, and I had to get in shape for that. And like how do you how do you run further than two miles randy he goes you just gotta run and to a certain point and turn around and run back it's it's all in your head it's mental you know and that's what cameron haynes has always said it's always mental it's in your head you can do it you just it just gotta get it in your head you're gonna do it that's so true i tell everyone that too of running is easy like physically it can be very, okay, I guess maybe not easy, but simple. Running yeah, is very yeah. simple. And to me, I've definitely gotten to the point where I run strictly for my mental health. And I, it's not that I don't feel accomplished after a run in a workout sense, but when I strength train or lift, I feel like I'm having a way more effective workout physically and for like my my muscle mass, my tone and all that stuff where I run, especially training for my marathon, I'm basically just counteracting that and getting rid of my muscle. So to me, <laughs> it's not really for my physique, but more my mental stability. And it's, it's really just like, if I want to move my body I will pick a run over strength training because to me it's easier it's simple all you have to do is run <laughs> yeah, for sure. I you know 100% yeah and once I don't I think after a while you just you learn to like it it's like it's something you want to do mm-hmm. I mean maybe it's not for everybody but and once you you get in a groove and like you say, it's a, you almost feel bad. It's a beautiful day outside. I could be running. <laughs> yeah, 100%. You know? And there's days where you just go, you know, okay, I got a, a, where I usually run, it's three miles. It's down the road and then it's through, through little woods out to the highway and back. I, I love running that. But there's every once in a while, there'd be a certain day that I'm just going to keep running. And I just keep running and I keep running. There'd be a seven mile day, and then all of a sudden there might even be a 10 mile day, like a, a month later or something. It's just like, shoot, I just, I feel great. So I'm just going to keep running. Yeah, 100%. And I think all runners can relate to that. It's just so freeing. And once you get past this certain point of, you know, either your legs hurting or certain mileage, or, you know, after the first mile or something, you're just kind of like, just drifting along and I know a lot of people especially those new to running are like I never feel that way (laughs) you know like what the hell is that you're crazy but it kind of is you're just your legs are just going you have the momentum and the pattern and especially like if you're 
if your mind wanders or goes something else or just taking it in, you really, you're just kind of drifting and you don't even realize, oh, I just ran a half a mile, you know, yeah, <laughs> or yeah, exactly. whatever it may be. Yep. Okay, so you got into running. How, where did that take you? Like, you started running, then you got to the point where, you know, how do you run more than two miles? Then I'm assuming you got to the point where you were running two miles. Where did running take you from there once you started getting into it and enjoying it more? Um, for a 5K was the first thing. I ran quite a few 5Ks. And then uh, I think I ran a 10K or two somewhere along the line. And uh, I don't know, just kept running them 5Ks. It, it's fun to run different places and go different places. That's what I like about it. See different people, different scenery. So like you like you said, people are, are always so happy. They're so nice. It's just, it's fun to do. But then it got to the point that I wanted to run a half marathon, I thought. So I took that dive and uh, I did the pine line up in Medford. That was in, uh, man, is that May? Did I run that? I don't know. You've done it so many times. I can't remember. (laughs) But anyways, you got a 50-50 shot if it's going to be colder than heck out or it's going to be nice out. I think it's the end of April, actually. Is when it is the last week of April or something like that. So it was it was fairly cold, but I did the did the half marathon training on some some website. I think you might even send it to me of running. You know, three to four miles every day. You had a rest day, and then then you had one long day. And you just you started it thirteen weeks out. And you added a mile every Saturday or Sunday, whichever day you want. So I don't know. I did that and I bonked at mile six, of course. <laughs> That's crazy how that happens. You can you can go run. I get up in the morning, drink some water, take off running. You run 10 miles, you come back, no problem. You get in a race like that. The morning you you eat a muffin you know you eat a banana you get some carbs in you know, whatever and you go to mile six and all of a sudden oh my god i'm gonna die <laughs> so I, I don't know turnaround point was six and a half miles or whatever got to turnaround point and hit a aid station and they had little cups of gatorade and i think i took one or two of them and ate a little piece of banana Started down again, and I don't know. I guess the sugar must have kicked in, electrolytes kicked in, and I guess I finished. But I didn't have no set time. I just wanted to finish. Yeah, so I remember I, that too. Yeah. And I, I remember afterwards, you felt a little, I don't know, disappointed or defeated because you were just like, I just crashed. I don't know what yeah. happened. I just, I couldn't go any further. <laughs> <laughs> the worst feeling you know it's like but best feeling is you kept back on it and you kept going and you finished it i had to walk in there a little ways 
and you pick it up and start running again. So there's a certain point after so many miles, stuff will, it'll start aching a little bit. And then all of a sudden you get into them deeper miles and all of a sudden it doesn't hurt really so much. I don't know if it goes numb or what it is, but it's almost like you're in a groove then and you just run. Weird, weird but fun. Yeah, absolutely. So what was your main takeaway from that race? Oh, I would say uh, mental, just mental. You had to, you had to keep going. Your body will do it. You just, you think it can't, or you think it hurts too bad. Or there's a certain point where, yeah, you're going to hurt something or break something. But if you're just tired, that's all in your head. You just got to keep running. It's that simple. It sounds stupid, but it's that simple. 100%. So after that, you did it again next year, but did you do something different, right? It was the next year, or was it a couple years later? I think it was maybe two years after that. But yeah, I set a goal to do it in under two hours. And I, I, I ran pretty hard. Uh, before that training for it and I did I felt felt really good got past mile six but I didn't bother me none so I just I kept going and made it an hour and 58 minutes I believe so I was really happy with that what was the difference between training for that one or the difference within the two-year span from the first half marathon to the second what did you do differently i think i was in better shape um i probably incorporated more uh exercise into it Um, i would do you know burpees and push-ups and just a lot of body weight stuff because i my physique wise was probably about the best I think I was in my life when I was my 42 or 43. But I don't know. <laughs> I guess um, I got to a point, though, that I didn't want to run no more because my body hurts so dang bad. And I almost, I almost quit. And, uh, I, I never stretched. I just ran, got up, went outside and just ran. Got back, just went and did whatever. Never stretched, ever. And it got to be, man, probably 48, I want to say, in that area. And uh, I just I couldn't do it no more. And somebody told me to go to a massage therapist down in Marshfield. And... Uh, <laughs> Never, I don't don't know if I ever was to a massage therapist before that, but she broke me down and stretched me out. It was unbelievable. It hurt so bad. But God darn it, when I got done, I never felt so good in my life. You could touch my toe, touch the floor, whatever you wanted to do. Oh, and running felt great after that. Everything was stretched back out. I was getting so tight that my, my right foot was actually starting to, 
like creep together because it wasn't getting because everything's attached so it's my neck all the way down to my foot i remember that didn't you have to have a separate insole in just one of your shoes or something or you had to have specific shoes because it felt good on one foot but your bad foot yeah, it was with your arch of, something took a lot like of different that. shoes yeah i got such high arches and i could only run so long in tennis shoes they'd wear out pretty fast just because then my right foot would start hurting so bad but once she got me straightened out and then went to the chiropractor because my hips were way off from running so much. She aligned that up. As most runners are. Yeah, right. <laughs> Almost all runners have bad hips <laughs> or need to stretch their hips more. Yeah, especially if you're running distance. Not so bad if you're doing, you know, a couple miles or whatever. It still probably can then, especially if you're a little heavier or something. This is the pounding on your body, but. So after I got stretched out, it was pretty good. Then I got some insoles from the shoes to the chiropractor. Well, that was like the best thing in the world also. My my foot straightened out, flattened out, and just everything was normal. It was great. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you saying, because it was... You had to go through so many shoes. You went through Under Armour's, Asics, Brooks, all, like every single shoe out there. And I remember it was so frustrating just shopping with you because one would feel <laughs> really good, <laughs> but that yeah. one, that one bad foot. And then the day you were wearing this, these shoes, I don't know if they were Asics or Brooks or whatever, but they were a pair of shoes that previously you said didn't work or couldn't wear or made your foot hurt. And I remember that day asking you, well, now why are you wearing those? Doesn't your foot hurt? And you said, nope, it's pretty much gone. My foot's practically healed and now I can wear these shoes. And I mean, granted, you still definitely do your research on shoes. I think we all do just being in the running world. But it was just, I don't know. I don't know why I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just, it's amazing. And like you said, it is all connected. And I'm definitely learning lately how important stretching is just with tight hips and things growing and whatnot. And it's, it's so true. It's something that gets neglected so much. I used to never stretch either or did, you know, like the quick two minute reach your toes stretch after a run and then go inside and go on with your day. But shit adds up. (laughs) Yes, it does. I'm up in a hurry. Even if you don't do it for three days or something and you're still running, it's just like, oh, man. That and a foam roller, a hard foam roller. And then we got a, oh, what do you call them guns? Massage gun? I don't know what they're gun. called. Yeah. yeah. That helps a lot, too. I mean, it it doesn't take that long, you know, 20 minutes. Maybe a half hour, depends on what time you get, you know, but just to get everything stretched out when it's warm, a huge difference. Yeah, that's the other thing I'm noticing too is doing it right after the run. Just your muscles are warm and lengthened and you stretch more just with that, just being warmed up. But also it 
it just helps your muscles so much more later on when they do cool down and when you are done. It's so important to do it directly after working out. For sure. Even a nice uh, salt bath. It's crazy how it just loosens things up. Yeah, I remember when you told me to do that during my marathon training, and I couldn't believe after 15 or 20 minutes, I was just drenched in sweat. (laughs) (laughs) I just detox you or detoxes you, and I felt good. And I've been doing that with pregnancy too, and it's been really been helping. But now I'm out of bath salts, and they should be delivered this week. So hopefully, I get back in there. But yeah, Uh, bath salts really helpful. I don't know what's in Epsom salt, but it's it's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, it is. It's really amazing. I haven't sweat too bad during pregnancy, but my marathon training, God, and I don't know if it's just because you're drinking so much water running or. What I was like profusively sweating, and then that's when you know, okay, time to get out. <laughs> yep. But it it was yep. like it just hits you that 15, 20 minute mark. Yep. Yeah. But it helps so much. Oh yeah, and I also ran another half marathon when Tyler came home and ran it with me up there also. Bonked at mile seven. Unbelievable. You wouldn't think after, you know, you'd do it, but yeah, bonked on mile seven. He was running with me and then he passed me and then I kept him in my sights for most of the way and then he got to be, I don't know, mile four or left or something, three, four, and couldn't see him no more. Just kind of dying, just kept going, but I just kept going. Wasn't very fast, but I just kept going. Yeah. Why do you think it was that time? What do you think it was? I don't know. I don't know what it was. You know what? That's that's good because sometimes it's just you have off days. And I know yeah. we have to remind mom that all the time of she, you know, comes to us so many times and, oh, you know, could only do this many miles. And I was planning on doing this many and I just. I just couldn't do it. And I've been running for so long. I don't, you know, it's like I'm starting over. And when you're running, it's literally you have good days and you have bad days and every runner has it. And sometimes there's no rhyme or reason, or sometimes there is a rhyme and reason, but it's too far into the weeds to, you know, dissect of what it actually was that day. And you just pick up and do your next run the next day or you know, take a day off, and then the day after that, it's it happens to every runner. So, for those of you running out there, don't feel discouraged when you got a bad day or even a bad week. <laughs> you know, I think a huge part though is find out before you do this what you can eat and what you can't eat. I think I've learned that if I carb load the night before and don't hardly eat anything and if it's a morning run mainly if it's a morning run especially an early morning run I don't need hardly anything in the morning then I mean there's there was nights you know when you're training for half marathon and stuff that you'll go out and you'll have maybe three or four beers or something and you get up in the morning and kind of like, uh, whatever and all of a sudden you get out there and run and you could run forever 
I don't know it's, if it's <laughs> if it's the carbs in the beer or what it is, but some of them were some of the best days to run. Actually, I don't know. Granted, you're super dehydrated, and I mean, you can feel your legs almost starting to cramp just because you're dehydrated from the beer, I suppose, that you drank or whatever. That is a huge one. I think uh, niece Rachel, she is she has learned that and taught me that also. You got to really look at what you got to eat before and try it before before you do your big run. Absolutely. I think mom mom did that. She did very well because me and her or you and me told her, you know, oh, you should eat something before you run up here, whatever. Normally she didn't, you know. If she ate anything, it was like an hour before, and it, it was a bagel or something. That was it. And she did awesome. She, I think, I, I got to look at my time, but I want to say that she ran as fast, if not faster than me, on our first half marathon that we each did. So that that's pretty damn good, especially for her for not being a runner or thinking she's not a runner or, but she put her mind to it and she did it. She was it's so so proud of her. Mm -hmm. It's so motivating. I know. I love that she's running now and getting so into it. And yeah, yeah. yeah I completely agree with you. Me, I, me and you were both worried about her and she kept telling us, you guys told me don't change anything up. Don't change yeah. anything up. And she didn't. And yeah, like you said, she did awesome and she felt great. So when did you, so you're getting into fitness, you're getting into running, that's becoming more of your lifestyle now. When did the nutrition aspect really step into play for you? And when did you start researching more on that? Because you're kind of a health nut like me. Me and you are the big health nuts in the family. Yeah. Um, yeah, it had to be, had to be in the mid to later 40s, I would say, just to try to make running easier, try to look better. Hey, that's the biggest thing. I mean, I mean, it's it's great to look good, I think. You know, it makes makes you feel better, makes you more confident, whatever. Makes you stronger, feel stronger. So I don't know, I, yeah, I just started slowly deep diving, looking on internet and following people, Instagram and there's so much out there, but there's so much, so much different stuff. So what I, what I look for and what I follow is people that are pretty well known and they're, they're all pretty much in line with the same thing. You know, it's get rid of the, uh, the bad food. Eat your vegetables, eat your meat, you know, eggs, anything natural. And it, it is amazing to get rid of the processed food. It's it's hard to do because it tastes so good. But once your taste buds change, it's it's pretty crazy. I don't know. I'd I'd rather eat some grapes than an apple because they're so sweet, you know, after you realize it for a while. And like like mom. She uh, 
she'll have some cookies with a bunch of frosting there or something. She's like, oh my God, that is so sweet. I can't even eat that. You know, it's like, <laughs> she's a big chocolate sweet person. So coming from her, that's makes a huge difference, you know? Yeah, it's, I've definitely learned that too. So much easier to keep the weight off. Absolutely. And your taste buds do change. You know, yeah. your body tells you what you what you think you want based off what's inside your body. So if you have more metaphorically bad bugs in your body, they're going to overpower your body telling you keep keep feeding us the bad stuff. Well, eventually if you keep feed, if you feed yourself the good stuff, they will die off cuz they have nothing to live off of and then you got more good bugs than bad bugs. And then your body's like, feed us the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it takes a bit and it mentally it's super hard and physically, you know, if you do have more bad bugs, they're obviously going to tell your body you need this and you crave this and you're crashing. Now you need more of it or it's their sugar is addictive and things like that are addicting to your body that you want more and you want more. But Damn, once you get past that and you start doing the good stuff, it's just your brain feels better, your body feels better, your joints feel better, everything, you know, like yes, for sure. mental health, physical health, all the above, it yeah. affects it all. Yeah, if anybody really wants to take a deep dive, just look into all the bad things about sugar. Yeah. It'll blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Sugar's but. like the number one thing that, we should all be cutting out but it's in everything so we can't beat ourselves up yeah we can't beat ourselves up when we do have something and then realize oh my gosh this has all this in it you know it's just a learning curve and you have to move on but just being aware of it and just getting rid of sugar alone has tremendous outcomes I mean, it's not like I don't eat it. Right. It's hard it's to get like away from I it. It's in everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta enjoy life too. You gotta have it you know, a couple times a week, or maybe just just once a day, just a small amount or something. Regular food is so good. You just I know it takes time probably to make it or whatever, but gotta grab it a box and throwing it in the pot and it's done and all that but man it tastes so good mm -hmm. absolutely it's some meats and vegetables yeah so you're fairly healthy you work out a lot when did you start getting into like strength training more um i believe when we bought mom her uh, thing at the gym personal trainer yeah because right. she didn't want to go and once we got her in there now we can't get her out <laughs> <laughs> so, so true the two of us she wanted me to do it with her so i said sure so we personal trained so that's i don't know how many years that been four or five um, at least yeah at least five i would say so yeah it's that's when it all started, I believe. You know, I was doing stuff before that, but 
now it was more using more muscles than just you know a curl or a whatever we're doing all kinds of there's it's something different all the time every month we change and it's we've never done anything the same ever so it's, it's pretty great and what's your takeaway on building muscle mass versus just doing cardio because i know a lot of people when they start out usually it's for a weight loss goal and cardio is like the first thing everyone does or you know, gym intimidation so they just go for a run or they just stay on the treadmill or the elliptical or the bike or whatever it is what's your big takeaway ever since building muscle math and sh mass and strength training um cardio all you're gonna do is lose weight and muscle i know it's you're not even really losing the weight you're losing is muscle it's not fat you have to lift or do something strenuous other than cardio and it's that's what burns fat is lifting and you know basic workout you know if it's body weights whatever it is that's what burns fat cardio just it you can't it's hard to keep muscle on unless you eat a lot and lot of protein if you're running a lot so yeah that was the big takeaway amen i know and i, eating, I feel eating like good though although you gotta you gotta eat decent you're gonna you're gonna eat crap you ain't gonna you're not gonna do that right hand in hand yeah you gotta feed your muscles yeah i i felt like i i knew that or you always hear that or you always hear especially getting older if you don't use it you lose it but training for my marathon and i was telling mom this the other day if i were to do another one I always plan, you know, all the training plans have days for cross training or doing something just different to build your muscle and keep your strength and stuff. And I always say, you know, I'm going to do it. But then the day comes and it's like, oh, I just want to do a rest day or, oh, I just did a short run. I just want to be done for the day. And I never did it. And the amount of muscle that I lost during running was uncanny <laughs> and I couldn't wait to start strength training after my marathon. I mean, I could have done it then and there, but at that point I was running so many miles that I was just like, I just want to rest. <laughs> and especially longer runs like that, even half marathons, you're burning so much after you run where that's where nutrition comes in and that's where your muscle mass comes in because even if you're just sitting on the couch five hours after a really long run your body is still burning that which is great because it's burning fat but once you run out of fat which a lot of long distance runners run out of fairly quickly it starts eating away at, at your muscle and i just i was at my lowest weight i think i was back in my high school weight at that point and I was just so skinny, none of my clothes fit. And then I got pregnant and now my clothes still don't fit. <laughs> but that, that's a huge takeaway. And muscle mass is so important. And like you said, cardio, it just, it burns away at your muscles. And that's how people get broken hips when they're older and osteoporosis. Prior, prior, 
osis and all that stuff. Gosh, these freaking words. But yeah, yeah that's the older the older I get, the more I'm looking into that and exercises. It's unbelievable what it does. If you can, if you just lift light things, even you have to. You have to lift something or do something to strengthen your bones and everything else. Because once I think it's over over 30 or over 40, milk and that stuff does nothing for you anymore. You mm-hmm. got to supplement calcium somehow, and then uh, lifting or whatever working out is going to bring that back into your bones and muscles and it's everything around your muscles it's crazy yeah most of the elderly people that break hips and everything else what do they do they don't really do much i mean it doesn't you're usually sitting there watching tv you're doing something anyways just take a weight and you know start moving it just move it somewhere, you know, lift it, whatever the heck else. Anything to build muscle. Yeah, basically creating a shield for your bones, building yes. your muscle, protecting your bones. But yeah, that calcium thing is true too. I even thought it was like once you hit 20, your body starts slowly, instead of absorbing calcium, it starts to, I don't think re- reject is the right word, but it like does the opposite effect. And like you said, it, it starts to not have the growing effect that it did, you know, when you're a kid and stuff like that, which is why it's so important to build that muscle mass around your bones and create healthy bones. And I know Corey always says, cause he works on a, well, he used to in trauma worked on 90% of their patients would be old people with hips, broken hips. And nine out of 10 times that was like, the peak and they just go downhill from there because their hip hurts they don't want to walk around and then they just lose it all and they have nothing to protect their other bones okay so that's sort of how you started out you had your life-threatening little blood pressure scare you were doing good eating right lifting still running here and there and then you had another <laughs> life scare let's yeah. talk about that <laughs> well like i said before i'm a big bow hunter so i like to be mobile so i have a tree stand and three sets of climbing sticks well i usually have my safety harness on and then they have a lineman's rope that goes around the tree so you can be hands-free to put on whatever you need. Well, Halloween morning this year, I went out in the morning and started to climb the tree. I remember putting two sticks on, and then I don't remember what happened. I woke up and I looked up, and my sticks were on the tree, and my stand was not, and I tried to bend up, move up, and it hurt so bad i never felt pain like that and uh, apparently i had fallen probably 15 to 18 feet landed down my 
my feet from what we're figuring. I broke my femur on my right leg and I broke 10 ribs on my left side and I broke my clavicle on my left side. Although I believe I fell on my stand on the left side and then must have pretty much landed on my right foot, I guess. But then come to find out after I went to the chiropractor, my hips are way off to the to the left. And I've got my L2 to my L9, I believe, they're all turned sideways. And I have one cracked vertebrae somewhere in there. Just the tab on the outside of the vertebrae is cracked. So, and what is the alive? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And not paralyzed or anything. Absolutely. That was a scare. What's it the is. what's the L two to L nine? That's your spinal cord. Yeah, from the bottom, your two starts at the bottom and goes up. From what I understand. So. And for those of you, because I feel like this is a common question, we have 12 ribs on each side. So out of the 12 on your left or your right side, right? Yes. You broke left 10 side. of them. Yeah. Left side, you broke 10 of them. Yeah. I'm assuming put the, that into perspective. <laughs> the two bottom ones float. They're not attached from the front to the back, whichever it is. So, yeah. All other 10 of them are, are broke. So, yeah. I look a little deformed because my pack on my left side, that all got pushed forward. It looks. So, that's, that's kind of what is holding back a lot of the main recovery. Because my, my leg is getting pretty good. Got no problem walking on that. That's getting better every day. The ribs are getting better. The shoulders better. But now she's starting to move all them vertebrae in my hips, and not supposed to move, and it's getting moved. So it gets gets a little achy, especially at night when I lay down on it or something. But slowly but surely getting better. And. What did they say recovery looks like for everything for you? Well, I guess I got a doctor's appointment on the 3rd of January, and then they will re-x-ray everything. That's the first time since I had my accident. So I'll find out to see if everything healed the way it was supposed to. And I don't, I'm not sure if they know that all my vertebrae were twisted and my hips were twisted at the doctor or not so i it's i think it's going to come down to that my my back and hips the, the rest of it is it's just slowly coming so. and what have you been doing for your recovery mm, i couldn't do much for the first three, probably first three weeks, two or three weeks, because 
my ribs hurt so bad whenever you twisted or moved or anything in my shoulder. But after that started healing, I always did leg stuff because they, they put a rod with screws in it, an L shape because it was broke vertically or at an angle up and down more so than the straight break across. So they said you could put as much pressure you wanted to on it the day after surgery that I had it. So that's been going fairly good. It's just getting the muscles all back up. That's the biggest thing. There's a few spots where the muscles are are not strong enough. And it's a big thing. Yeah. That. But my shoulder, I'm doing, like if I had a bad shoulder, I'm doing all the bands and everything. So that's all going really well. Ribs only hurt if you're rolling on it or bad twist or something. So very slow process. Yeah, but, but you're I'm, doing good. I'm glad to be here. So. Yeah. Let's talk mentally. How has this challenge? you mentally and how are you working through this mentally surprisingly enough um i don't know if i was in a daze for the first <laughs> month or two or what but i've i've never been never been down on myself i've never i don't know i just i take every day and i don't i don't never have a negative thought in my head or nothing you know because i'm i i feel feel pretty good but there was three days in there where i said my hips were off it was about week four um something i suppose other parts were starting to strengthen up and there was a nerve on my by my hip bone on the left side in the back that was getting pinched or rolled over on Oh, that was so painful. Um, I had a massage that one night that she must have moved enough stuff or must loosened up enough muscles that it was pretty good. But the next morning, it was it was super bad again. So I got in the chiropractor and she she moved my hips enough that it did not pinch that nerve anymore, which was godsend. So so that was good. Um, yeah, I don't, every day is just, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Most people say, aren't you going stir crazy or going nuts or whatever? And, but I'm not, I don't know. I just, I occupy my time and I don't think about it. And I don't know, I might sit around a fair amount, but I watch TV and I can watch what I want because Kim was gracious enough to Give me a nice big TV and I can <laughs> watch anything. So I don't know. Yeah, I do my I exercises a couple times a day and it takes me a long time. It takes me hour to hour and a half sometimes to go through everything that I do. So that takes up a bunch of time. And some people come and visit once in a while. It takes up time. And I don't know. It's just yeah, it's to the point now that I want to. I want to do more and I can't yet, so, but it's it's not getting me down yet, so it's going good. 
Yeah, I think you're doing really good physically and mentally. I mean, that's hard. That's hard to sit around or to be in pain or, oh, I have to do my exercises again. But I think just flipping the perspective of, all right, time for exercises. And then that takes up so much time of your day and focusing on the recovery rather than the the pain or the accident that was that was one other thing i think the doctors the nurses chiropractor massage therapist everybody has all said it helped so much that i was in shape muscles were all you know in tone and it helps recovery so much better and all the stuff that did break and everything else it could have been way worse if I wasn't, you know, had some muscle or whatever. So, oh yeah. And speaking of muscle, I <laughs> lost a bunch of that too. Holy crap! I think I'm the lightest. I've I mean, I don't even know. Remember, if a junior in high school, I was even this light because I lost all my muscle. I was 100 and 170 pounds. I was running most of the time. And I am. A, I weighed myself this morning. I was 155 pounds. Gosh, you it's, look like it. You can yeah. tell you've lost weight. I, I believe it's all muscle. Because I, I had so my. Too. I think I. Oh, I had a. Assist, about a year ago, on my backside, and I couldn't do nothing then for I don't know how long. Shoot, weight went right off. Lost all my muscle. It didn't take long, though, especially if you did work out before or whatever. If you stop and you go back, it comes back way quicker than if you have never done anything before that. So yeah. everything's a plus about exercise. Amen. I know. <laughs> I can't preach it enough. Well, you've been quite on the journey the last 15 years, for sure, the last, what, three months? Yep. But you're doing good. You're looking good. I was doing really well up until November 31st. <laughs> <laughs> Life is really, really good. Yes. One, one obstacle in the road, and now I just got to get back. It was, so. I feel like you're definitely looking ahead rather than focusing on behind. Oh, definitely. Which definitely. is what you have to do. Yep, I got a great family that helps with that. I got you guys into it, and you guys are keeping me going and and uh, giving me lots of stuff to go with. So. That is Appreciate true. You were the starting factor in the family of this whole health journey, and now we're all nuts about it. <laughs> it makes it a lot easier when your significant other and people around you feel the same way and do the same things. Absolutely. Easier and better for everyone. You are what you surround yourself with. That's right. Okay, before I let you go, what's What's a takeaway through all your experiences, through all these journeys that you want to let people know? Good question. 
Mm. <laughs> I know it's kind of a big one. <laughs> <laughs> Just I don't know. I guess saying some of the same stuff I was saying before. I mean, you take care of your body, it will take care of you. You know, it just—it's hard to give up. You know, certain stuff like alcohol is huge, especially in Wisconsin where we're at. You know, it's—it's it's what everybody does. I—I I mean, before all this happened, you know, if I had a drink maybe once a week, probably not even—not even that. A lot of times, you know, two weeks or whatever. It just—it wasn't important no more, and. I feel so much better. If I do have three, four drinks the next morning, I'm all swelled up. My cheeks under my eyes and my joints are stiff. Just it's unbelievable when you eat good and then you eat crap and all the inflammation that comes right back. You work so hard to get it out and but it goes away fast also. If you can just do it, it's all a mental thing. It's, it's what I learned from this journey. It's 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 all mental. You have to want to do it. Sometimes when you don't want to do it and you still do it, you feel so much better that you did it. So. Yeah, I think that's one of the best pieces of advice you've given me. I don't know what it was, a run or some sort of workout one day, and I was complaining, gosh, I just don't want to do this. And you said, when you don't want to do it is when you have to do it. And I think about that all the time. And I'm going to say 10 out of 10 times, you never regret a workout when you're done with it. Unless, you know, you like break something or something like that. (laughs) Those are the outliers. Well, Dad, thank you so much. I... I'm sorry it's taken this long to get you on here. I know we've had a lot of times where we wanted to talk about stuff and me and you are on the same page of a lot of things, so it's easy to talk, but I'm glad you came on for my second to last episode. (laughs) I know when you started this, I said I'd never go on there. And then after time went on and time went on and started talking about stuff that you and me talk about and like, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Hopefully somebody learned something from me falling out of a tree or your wear your safety harness. Yeah. I'm sure people have learned a lot from you during this episode. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I loved hearing your story and your input and output on life. And for those of you struggling through things, just keep looking forward, looking at the good stuff, looking at what you can do to help. And don't focus on the past because there's nothing you can do there. Yeah, that's exactly right. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You, you speak well for your young age. <laughs> <laughs> wise, well, wise and wisdom. Well, I've been raised very well. Although there are some <laughs> words that I have a hard time pronouncing, so I don't know if I can speak well on that. that but. That's for me, yeah. That, for me. <laughs> that is true. Me and you are very similar in that, in our mindsets. I'm a lot like my mom, but me and you have a lot of similarities. Can't, and spell, I, worth, can't spell worth a crap and can't no. pronounce big words very well. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's me and you for sure. 
And we're not analytical like the other two in our family. Yeah. But, but you got to have them to do that. So that helps. Oh, absolutely. We would be dead without those two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to stop our recording and then I'm going to give you a formal goodbye. All right. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. A special thanks to my brother Ty for playing and recording my theme song. Thanks, Ty.